Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. So this week's message uh, is surprisingly about the kingdom of God. Um, I, I wanted to title this one, so I titled this one, He Bought the Farm. Um, and I'll get to that in a little while. But uh, just to recap the series in one sentence, uh, the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, God's reign on earth as it is in the heavens, it's this way of seeing a whole other reality right in the midst of this one that's hidden, okay? Um, so yesterday, Saturday, my wife and I and our three girls, we drove up to LAX like you do on a Saturday um, <laughs> on the 4th of July weekend. And my niece, Emily, who's 16 years old, and her dad, Ed, who's my brother-in-law, were flying through uh, LA and had a six-hour layover. Now, they live in Indiana, so I only get to see them once or twice a year. And they were coming from South Korea. They had been at a conference with my dad, who's right there. Welcome home, dad. And uh, so they landed and, and they said, hey, would you come up and meet us? And so we brought our one-month-old and our three-and-a-half-year-old and a five-and-a-half-year-old up to LAX. And, uh, and then we took them to In-N-Out, and then we went to Venice Beach, which was super uncrowded. And uh, <laughs> hardly anybody there. It was a ghost town. <laughs> and uh, it was amazing. I, it was so good to be with them. And I as I was like just kind of reflecting, I love my niece, and I was reflecting on when we were all out in Indiana where they lived just like five or six years ago, and we found ourselves in this like kind of one, one stoplight town in this, you know, one schoolhouse, one firehouse kind of little town outside of Bloomington where they live, and uh, we're in this little antique shop, and it's, you know, got the wrap, wraparound front porch and all kinds of knickknacks and things like that. And Emily, who's probably like 10 or 11 at the time, sees this dress hanging there, and she turns to my sister, her mother, and says, Mom, isn't this dress just to die for? <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, like, no, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not to die for. Um, not because I didn't like the dress, but the, the phrase that we use there, like, to die, isn't it just to die for? And... And that was kind of like one of her phrases that she was using at that point in her life. Isn't this just to die for? No, the pie is just to die for, you know. And, and I think about that sometimes, you know. I've heard things like, oh, he's just to die for, or she's just to die for. Uh, we don't use it a lot here in Dana Point, in San Clemente, San Juan, that phrase. You know, I don't encounter a bunch of guys at, you know, I love bagels after a surf, and they're like, dude, Creek was to die for this morning. It was super fun. Lowers was to die for last week. And, uh, but it raises this question for me. How long is the list of people or things in your life that are to die for? What is it in your life that really is to die for? Uh, 
Would you die for your spouse, your kids, your country? Would you die for an idea, a thought? Would you die for Justin Bieber, (laughs) Taylor Swift? How long is the list of things, people, that you would die for? And I want to talk about not so much who you would die for, though that will become a part of it. But as we continue to look at the kingdom of God, what I want to do is read one of Jesus' parables that describes the kingdom and I also think talks about the kind of people that Jesus would die for. So here's what we're doing this morning. We're going to read a parable about the kingdom. Then we're going to look at some different ways to interpret that parable. And then we'll wrap up by talking about who bought the farm, okay? So first, let's read the passage. And we're going to kind of be laser-focused on this passage this morning. Uh, it's one verse. Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven. If you need a Bible, we have Bibles. So I don't know. Ushers, uh, go ahead and you, you guys can pass those out. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought the field. Got it? Just close in prayer and go home? <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much straightforward. Um, that's it. You'll never believe how much I can talk about two sentences. You're going to find out. Um, this is one of the shorter parables that Jesus tells regarding the kingdom of God. And compared to like the one we, like the sower, we talked about that one a couple weeks ago, much longer. But this does reveal some amazing things to us. And, and Jesus, Jesus' use of parables, which are stories, parables are stories that are comparisons, okay? It's, um, parable means a placing beside. That's what parable means. So if you're not like a church, grew up in the church kind of person, or even if you are, no one ever told you. You just know which ones are parables and which ones aren't. Parable, a placing beside or a comparison. They're generally used to compare heavenly things with earthly things. That's why Jesus says the kingdom of heaven, a heavenly thing, is like, a comparison, a treasure hidden in a field. That's an earthly thing. So parable, short lesson there. You see these throughout Jesus' teachings. But I also think they're stories about what is happening in the world right now for Jesus. This is what... It was kind of like a news story about what was going on in the world. Um, that's, they're almost always talking about present realities. So we're going to look at some different ways to interpret this little passage. And uh, the thing is, is uh, about reading the scriptures, reading the Bible, people will tell you, well, I'm just following what the Bible says, right? You know, I just, I read the Bible and I do what it says. Well, you read that and it's like, well, I don't know what to do there. What is that? There are a lot of different ways to interpret this passage. So what you're actually doing is going off your best interpretation of what the Bible says, what tradition has told us, what the church has told us over the years, what the Holy Spirit is hopefully revealing to us, okay? So if you like the Bible, you're stoked on this morning. We're going to be in the Bible quite a bit. If you're like, eh, the Bible, ugh. Not super into the Bible. Don't read the Bible. That's okay. We're talking about human nature, how you were created. This is just about humanity here. And we're going to be in that as well. So what we're looking at here is a sacred text. 
So if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I don't really use that thing, that's okay, just stick with me. We're going to use this sacred text to shed some light on how things are even today. So our verse, once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold everything he had and bought that field. So let's look at the main parts of the story. We have a man. We have a treasure. That treasure is hidden. There is a field. There is joy in finding the treasure and selling everything that you have and then purchasing the field with the treasure in it. Can we at least agree on those parts of the story so far? You're with me? All right. So first, this man, and we can take this to mean any man. It could be Jeremy. It could be any woman, okay? It could be Christy. I love picking on Christy. Uh, it could be any man. Or, it could be the church. It could be all of us here, okay? It could be all of us here. So the church finds a hidden treasure, the man finds a treasure hidden in a field. A woman finds a treasure hidden in the field. The treasure. So what is the treasure? So the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the heavens, is what I'm arguing is the treasure. Okay? The kingdom of God is the treasure. And it is hidden, so it is a mystery. All right? Or a way, um, a way of saying it, it's the way of Jesus that is hidden in the world everywhere and you have to give up everything in order to possess it. One author writes it this way regarding the treasure. He says, There is only one hoard of treasure, and everything else is as nothing beside it. The treasure is the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of this kingdom, which Jesus was announcing and embodying. Okay, the thing about the treasure which is super frustrating, is that it's a mystery and it's hidden, okay? So I want to go through a number of verses, and this is where we're going to get into the Scripture, and you just got to stick with me on some of this stuff. This is where you want to close your eyes and kind of just listen to this, the hum of the fan, but you got to hang in there, okay? Hang in there. We're going to go through a number of verses. I really want you to see this in the text, and again, if you're not a Bible person, just think this is, these are the words of Jesus, these are the words of his followers, so let's look at what Jesus says about this mystery. And I've, I've underlined some key words that I want you to see. So we'll start with Matthew eleven twenty five. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Man, that is frustrating for people like you and me, wise people, right? He hid it from us, all of us. Oh, super frustrating. A little while later in Matthew, Jesus is recording saying this, Matthew 18, 3, and he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, which we can hear all around us, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, it's like as a child, all you want to do is be older, right? And then as an adult, all you want to do is be younger, but we don't really want to become like, a, we want to become like childish, so, but this is what Jesus, become like a child. And then here in John 3, 3, Jesus just said, we're going to go all the way back. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born all the way over again. Oh, come on. <laughs> you hid it from the wise, you let the kids see it, and now I got to be reborn. This is all super new agey and frustrating. 
okay? But Jesus, listen to this, Jesus seems to insist that not even brilliant philosophers and theologians, experts in the law, or the esh, will be able to discern the kingdom at work in their midst, okay? Rather, it's the mystery-loving simplicity of children that can recognize its hidden reality. Okay, thanks for sticking with me through those Bible verses. I want, to take, I want you to take a deep breath, just get oxygen in that brain. We're going to go through four more. Four more. I promise this is for your own good because I need you to see something that you may not have seen before in the scriptures, okay? So a little re- repetition is good. Think of this as you're working on your golf swing. You know, you got to... You, got, you need to work on this. So we looked at what Jesus said. Now we're going to look at one of his apostles said, Paul. So first, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2, 7, no, 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 we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden, thanks a lot, God, and that God destined for our glory before time began. That's what they're, okay. Then he goes on. He goes on a little bit later in the, in the same letter, This, then, is how you ought to regard us. We're servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries that God has revealed. And then in another letter to the church in Ephesus, which is in modern-day Turkey, he writes this, Although I am less than least of all the Lord's people, this is Paul just humbling himself, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches, I would call that treasure, to preach to the Gentiles the treasure of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery which for ages was kept hidden in God who created all things. One long last one, okay? Another deep breath. Here we go. I have become its, the church's servant. This is Paul again. By the commission God gave me to present you the word of God in its fullness The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations from wise people, like the people at Branches, but is now disclosed to the world, to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Just think of the nations there for Gentiles. The glorious riches, the treasure of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Here's the thing I want you to see. Mystery and hidden. Mystery and hidden. It keeps coming up over and over. And here's the thing. We hate mystery and hiddenness, right? I mean, we want to know how everything works. Tell me what to do. Lay it out in a plan. What are the next steps? What do I have to do? Give me the answers. And a lot of churches grow really big in giving you all the answers and trying to squash this mystery. You want an answer to your question about the problem of evil? Come to our church, we'll tell you. You want an answer about these things, that, these mysteries? We have the answer. We've figured it out. We've done the work. We know all the answers. There's no mystery. And we can wrap up your life real neat in this box. And it works until it doesn't. And some of you have been there. You've been in those churches where it worked and worked and worked and worked and then it didn't. 
where you prayed and were faithful and did all the right things and your daughter still got cancer and passed away and all of a sudden it didn't work anymore. Now back to our parable about the kingdom. Here's the thing. I think people often simply interpret this parable in a way that looks only to the future. Okay? They read, a man found a treasure, and we're talking about the kingdom of heaven, and they see the treasure as going to heaven when you die. That's the treasure. Okay? You have to give up everything to go to heaven when you die. Now that may be true, and I'm not going to argue against that in any way. But I honestly think that that's a bit of an afterthought of what Jesus was talking about. Because what I think Jesus was hoping to reveal was something present that has come near to you here and now. There's this mystery, this hidden reality right in the midst of this one. And it can be yours right now. Turn, repent, turn and enter in. Rethink how you're living your life and enter into this new way of life. Oh, if you could just have eyes to see. You need to be reborn all over again in order to see this kingdom, is what it says in John 3. And we've talked the last few weeks about this. There's this world hidden right in the middle of this one, a world where your value, your worth is never in question, where you have an eternal hope, a world where everything isn't black and white. A world where we are far more connected than we have ever realized. Far more connected. A world where Jesus prays in John 17, 21, oh, that they would be one as you and I are one. And now to the field. I promise we're getting to the end. So we have this field in which this treasure is hidden. And the word field here in the Greek is the word agros. We get agriculture. It could be translated field, farm, or country. Farm, there's that word again. The field is the whole world. You see it in all the seed parables. The field is the whole world. Jesus says at some point, look upon the field that is white to harvest. Don't say six months, three months, six months, then comes the harvest. The field, the world is white to harvest right now. The treasure is hidden in the whole world, but is only discovered in certain places, right? In our parable, where the man finds it, and then he goes and hides it again. But here's the thing. The man purchased the whole field. The whole field. One author says that the field could also be a representation, and this is going to get crazy, death itself. So the man finds the treasure, then moves it to a different place, a safe place, buys the farm, and now he can announce his great fortune in, right, in striking it rich. That phrase, bought the farm, have you heard that phrase? He bought the farm. This is an old idiom, an old euphemism. There's debate over where it comes from, but one of two places probably, usually to do with airline aviators. Uh, could be war people that they're, when they were killed in battle, the reparations that were paid to the family were enough to buy the farm, 
to pay off the mortgage on the farm. The other was when they were training and doing exercises, many times these aviators would crash on people's property and the government would essentially pay reparations to that family and that man's life, because the, they rarely lived through these things, paid for their farm. So he bought the farm. He bought the farm. Here's the deal. We all buy the farm someday, right? We're all going to buy the farm. Death, along with birth, are universal human experiences on earth, okay? Those are universal experiences to all human beings. Every last one of us dies. This is the uplifting part of the sermon. This is the joy. But honestly, this is not new to Jesus or the New Testament. Jesus makes all kinds of radical statements about how we need to take up our cross and die daily with your cross, your instrument of execution, and follow him. And I imagine this is where I lose you. This is crazy talk. And that's why it's called a mystery. See, here's the thing. It's not just that the treasure of the mystery of the kingdom of God is only available to those random dudes that are wandering through other people's fields, like finding treasures. It's not they're just snooping around. No, 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 no. We're all looking for treasure. We're all looking for treasure. We all long for something. It's part of the human condition. We all long for things, and we all suffer loss. That is, you, that, is, that is common to every single human being. You all long for something. You all desire something. You all love something. You cannot not love. You are created in the image of God. You will love something. You will search for treasure somewhere. And you will lose something along the way. Eventually your life. See, our hope is the, is the thing that to which we're giving all our love and all our longing and our desire would be the thing that gives us meaning, that makes our life satisfying and worthwhile and a, a reason to wake up in the morning. That's what the hope is. And what Jesus is saying is that this kingdom that I'm talking about, this thing that has been brought near to you, this way of seeing the world, this bigger picture, this reality that's hidden right in the middle of this one for ages and generations and has been kept hidden from you, it's available to you. Right here, right now, this one with eternal hope and grace and mercy and a relentless love. He is saying that the mystery, if you find it, it will be your joy to give up everything to possess it. So let's look at it another way. Let's write our parable out another way. This is away from the text. <laughs> this is Esh idea here. Don't be confused. The kingdom of heaven is like a mystery hidden in you. And when you finally find it, you hide it again in Christ. And then in your joy, give up everything you have in order to lay hold of this mystery and possess it forever. We're going to do one more Bible verse, and then we'll close. This is the way the Apostle Paul said it. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. 
Set your heart on things above. Don't think things up there or heavenly things. This is a metaphor. Set your thing, set your heart on the mystery. <laughs> things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. More metaphor. Don't get locked into an image that there's this big old man up there on a giant throne. Okay? Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died. <laughs> You're clearly not dead. Clearly the people that are reading this are not dead. But he's talking about something here. You died. You bought the farm. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, is revealed, is no longer hidden, then you also will appear with him in glory. Here's the deal. The treasure is hidden in the whole field. It's up to you to find it. There is a world of relentless love that's hidden in the midst of this one. A love so fierce that the creator of everything became human, came down here to try to reveal it to us, suffered and died to reveal his love for us. And to let us know it's now available to you. Two last thoughts to close. These are some thoughts. God is in all places. We don't argue with that. He's omnipresent. And at all times moving toward you in love. And that's the mystery. In all places, in this fan, in the ocean, in these air ducts, in this tapestry, in all places, at all times. He is the creator. He sustains, holds everything together. Your breathing, your autonomic nervous system, your endocrine system, your brain in all places, at all times, the miracle of life itself. God constantly saying, I love you. It's a gift. It's a gift. I'm coming at you. You are loved. I want you to know me. I want you to find me. And I want you to give up everything for that. He is so close as to be within you. So close as you, you're created in his image. The treasure is within you. And you have to give up everything to possess it. And this is what we talked about last week. You have to hate your mother, father, brother, sister, wife, and children, even your own life. These are his words, not mine. You have to abandon everything that you have, all your possessions. You have to take up your instrument of execution and follow him. See, the thing is, is the reward is so great that it will be your joy. It will be your joy to give everything you have for it. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, that we would have eyes to see that we are far more connected to each other and far more connected to you than we've ever realized that you are so close as to be within us and that you are constantly and relentlessly moving toward us in love because we are your beloved. You wish that none should perish, 
but that everyone would know you, that you so loved the whole field, the whole world, that you sent your Son to reveal that love to us. Give us eyes to see. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have a need for prayer, you want to ask questions, you want to push back, good. If you need anything in the way of prayer, you want to talk this through more, there's going to be a group of people out here. We're here to pray with you. God bless you.